It's a question we have all asked ourselves at one time or another. What is my purpose in life? And while we all have many gifts and desires that are unique to us as individuals, we were all created for this one purpose, to glorify God our Father. Romans 8.28 says, And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to His purpose. So in a world focused only on self, we want to shift the paradigm to be purposeful women of God. So join us as we change our focus from me to thee. Hello and welcome to the Purposeful Women of God podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Tabitha. And we are so happy you're sharing some time with us today. We did a poll recently and asked our listeners what series you would like from us next. And it was closer than we thought. It was. Yeah, it was very close. It was. But the Family Series won. Yeah. So we are going to be recording that first episode today. We're very excited about this series. Um, it is a family series, but we're going to take it in the context of how to love like Jesus as a wife, as a mother, as you know, a godly dad and husband. We may have some special yes. guests for that episode. We're going to go into as a church member in ministry. And then just how to love like Jesus, just as a woman in general in society. So we have a lot to cover in this series. We think we're going to cover it all. I think we're going to get to it all. I hope we're able to. So you guys just continue to listen because there's so much that is going to affect all of our lives, whether you are a wife, whether you are a mother, um, and how you can serve no matter what your situation is, your relationship situation. So don't let any of these, because of the title, hold you back from listening because it may not affect you now, but it may affect you down the road. Or it could affect somebody that you know. You could know somebody that's going through some things we're talking about and you're like, man, this would really resonate with them. Let me send them this episode and maybe it it can help them. Yeah. Yeah. So Tabitha, let's just go into the topic that we're going to be talking about this week. What is Tabitha's topic of the week? Well, as we enter a series on the family, we want to first begin by speaking to all the single ladies. I can't help but think of the Beyonce song in my head. And if I sang it all right the now, single there ladies, you go. All the single ladies. <laughs> I yeah. knew I would embarrass my 13-year-old <laughs> if she heard me singing. I'll embarrass her. It's okay. Yeah. So we're going to be talking about serving in singleness. And unfortunately, this demographic is often overlooked in the church. I really think it's done inadvertently. But that's why we want to talk about it today as we begin our series on the family because we recognize that many of you are single moms. Uh, You're divorced, recently divorced, widowed. Um, Some of you just haven't met the one that God has for you yet, but that a lot of you are the glue that's holding your family together. And so we just want to begin our family series by talking to you guys. We do not ever want you to feel left out at all. And your, your role is very important. So this episode is for you. And I think Tabitha and I, going back to thinking of, about us in singleness and what it was like for us, you know, we want to address the younger girls too here Yeah, that you may be in high school having your first relationships and we kind of want to speak to that so tap the like any advice you can give on maybe if you could go back in time how you would have handled some things differently when you were younger man I think the biggest thing for me when I was single is that I felt like I had to be in a relationship that I had to be dating someone and if I wasn't 
I was down on myself. Like I felt like my value came from if I was dating. Honestly, that's probably mine too. I look back on my time in high school yeah. when we first start, you first start dating and you're so excited because there's yeah. all these boys and they're older and you're just, <laughs> you just go boy crazy. And yeah. it's just, and I look back on that and I think probably the whole time I was in high school, I was in some sort of relationship. Right. And some of them not so good. And I wish I could just go back and just enjoy high school Mm -hmm. with myself and with girlfriends and and just not have to feel like I had to be in a relationship all the time. Yeah. So if if we could encourage any of you right now with that is don't get caught in that trap of feeling like you always have to be in a relationship. You don't. Your value doesn't come from if you have a boyfriend or not. No, and even when you're younger, it's still, we're still trying to hold up having values in this idea of holiness and holy living. Just because you're young doesn't, you know, give you a reason to not live a holy life right. and, you know, trying to live for Jesus and just being a good Christian and a good friend. Make that your priority yeah. instead of relationships. Yeah, so that's what we are diving into today. But, if you are married, wouldn't you agree, Ashley? Keep yeah. listening. Yeah, because you may hear something that you think could help the single ladies in your life. Could be a daughter, could be a granddaughter, could be a friend. So keep listening and then share this message with them. It could just be the encouragement that they need to continue to live a holy life and continuing to be obedient to God, no matter their relationship status. Right. Um, so our we're going to begin by just kind of talking about our culture. I think we do have a long history of viewing marriage as the quote-unquote end goal. You know, we're all looking for that perfect relationship, that perfect someone. So today we're going to shift the narrative that the goal in our lives, in any of our lives, is not marriage, but it's holiness. I've encountered so many young girls, ladies, who are living their life on hold as they're waiting on Mr. Right. And while there are times we're called to be still and know that he is God, just because you do not have a husband doesn't give you a free pass just to sit back. As a matter of fact, in more times than not, this is your time to devote your whole life to living for the Lord. But before we begin this teaching, we do want to acknowledge that marriage is a beautiful gift. It's a gift from the Lord. And when God is honored in marriage, it's a great representation of Jesus and his bride, the church. And we're going to look deeper at the roles of husband and wives in coming weeks. Um, But we're going to begin today as Paul teaches on marriage throughout scripture. But right in the middle of his teaching on marriage, he gives us 1 Corinthians chapter 7, verses 7 through 9. So Ashley, will you begin reading that for us? Yeah, so in the middle of Paul's teaching on marriage, he gives us this caveat. For I would that all men were even as I myself, but every man hath his proper gift of God, one after this manner and another after that. I say therefore to the unmarried and widows, it is good for them if they abide even as I, but if they cannot contain, let them marry, for it is better to marry than to burn. In this scripture, Paul is teaching about marriage, but he tells us that it is better for the unmarried to stay as he is single. But if you cannot contain yourself, then get married. It's better to be married than burning with a desire for a relationship. So what would be the advantage to remaining single? 
Oh, goodness, Ashley. Can we think back to that time when we were single? I can look back, and I just thought I had a lot of responsibility at that time. You know, I was trying to, especially after I graduated high school, I was trying to work, go to college. And I understand that that's a lot of responsibility, but wouldn't you agree once you're (laughs) married and kids that there's so much more responsibility? So this is the time when you're single to devote yourself to the Lord. Think of all the missionary journeys that Paul went on. You know, that he was able just to pick up and go on these trips to do whatever God wanted him to do at a moment's notice. And once you become a mom and a wife, you just can't do that any longer. No, you can't. I mean, your responsibilities, they just increase as you get older. So so we want to give you some encouragement today to live completely and devoted to the Lord no matter how or why you are single. Yeah, whether you have never been married, you're divorced, or you're widowed, these principles all apply to you. So number one, stay faithful. Determine to remain obedient to God. Be faithful in your service to Him, in your spiritual disciplines like reading your Bible, praying, uh, faithfulness to the house of God. You know, there is a strong correlation between your faithfulness to church and the results of your life because when you're devoted and you're faithful to going to church, that keeps that at the forefront of your mind that I do want to stay in God's word. I want to live holy. I want to be that example. Wouldn't you agree, Ashley? Yeah, I definitely think so. It definitely gives you a little bit more accountability. Yeah. To help you stay on track. Yeah. So determine now that you're going to remain faithful. Um, But not only staying faithful to God during this time, but keep trusting Him. Continue to believe that God has a purpose and a plan for your life, even though you may not see it now. His ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. He sees the bigger picture that we can't see right now. And we always reference Romans 8, 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Yes. Yeah. So if you, love the, yeah, if you love the Lord, he has a purpose and a plan for you. It You just may not see it all right now. And then thirdly, we're going to talk about living holy. Now I am going to tell you, this may be a point in the show that all of our content may not be suitable for young years. So we're going to give you a moment just to grab your headphones. So especially in today's culture, We wanted to dig deeper into specifics regarding holiness and singleness. And we did have an episode on sanctification where we kind of did the aerial view of what sanctification is. But in this episode, it's going to be one of those times that we're going to dig a little bit deeper into living sanctified specifically through purity. So I grew up as a teenager in the church when the book I Kissed Dating Goodbye was really popular. I don't, did you ever read that? No, I didn't. Well, it was very- I heard about it when I was growing up, but I did not read it. Well, it was very influential in my life, I believe, when I was dating. I didn't kiss dating goodbye, but it helped give me a different perspective. But recently, that book and, and many others like it have kind of been deemed in a negative context, especially- since that author has denounced really everything that he wrote and his faith completely. Um, But it's kind of been labeled purity culture in today's society, you know, with a negative connotation that, you know, we're basically keeping people from uh, fulfilling their desires and that kind of thing. But the fact of the matter is, is that God's design is that sexual intimacy does have boundaries. 
It should only exist within the confines of marriage. So let's take a deeper look at a couple of scriptures. Ashley, will you begin reading in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2? I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. It's telling us here that we are going to have to deny ourselves a living sacrifice in order to keep our bodies pure and holy before a righteous God. Exactly. First Corinthians six eighteen through 20 says, flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which ye have of God, and you are not your own? For ye are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. All right, so we first need to talk about that term fornication that he says in 1 Corinthians. Fornication is the term used in the Bible for any sexual misconduct or impure sexual activity that occurs outside of the confines of marriage between a man and a woman. Paul even addresses that sexual immorality is unique and that it is a sin against our own bodies. And remember, we talked a few episodes back that we have been bought with a price. I believe that was in our Holy Spirit episode and how we talked about that we are now the temple of God. Our bodies are not our own because as saved daughters of the King, we have been bought with a price. And remember, holiness is very important to God. And we talked a lot about that in our sanctification episode as well. Yeah, so I'd like to just take a few minutes to talk about the consequences of sin and why it's important that we stay pure and seek holiness within our minds. Um, So Matthew 5, 28 says, But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. So I know this verse is directed toward men, but it's the same concept for a woman. Sin starts with the eyes. It's a look. If you look long enough, that look turns into a thought. And then eventually that thought will turn into an action. Let's just take, for example, Eve in the garden. We know Satan first tempted her by saying, it's pleasing to the eyes. Isn't it a tree to be desired? He got her looking. Then he said, you know, it will make you wise as a God knowing Mm -hmm good and evil. And so then it became a thought in Eve's mind. Oh man, I would love to be a god or goddess and know all things. That thought then turned into an action. And we know that that action led her to eat the forbidden fruit that in turn was the first sin committed that cursed the rest of the human population. It started with a look. So when I started thinking about this concept that there's consequences for sin, not just for the one committing the sin, but for others as well, as in Eve condemning the whole population after her, I started thinking of David and some of the stories and some of the things that happened to David in his life. And the story that really came to mind that's, it's crazy. It's a crazy story. If you say that the Bible is not um, interesting, yeah, come on now. I yeah, can tell you like a, a lot of interesting stories. It hear. is. <laughs> so I was reminded of the story of Abnon. 
And some may have never heard of this. You can find the whole story in 2 Samuel 13, verses 1 through 15 specifically. I'm not going to read all these verses for sake of time. I'm just going to do a cliff note summary here on the story. But um, David had a son named Amnon. He was the firstborn son of David. David also had a daughter named Tamar, who I believe he had with his third wife. So Tamar was Amnon's half-sister. Amnon became so obsessed with Tamar once she became of age, looking at her, thinking about how beautiful she was, thinking about that she was a virgin, you know, the look of her and how beautiful she was. It first captured, it started with his eyes. Yeah. Looking upon her. Well, those looks turned into thoughts and he had horrible, horrible thoughts. And he was led by another, he was given very bad advice from a friend. Let's just put it that way. And the story basically goes that he got Tamar alone in his home and he raped her. He raped his half sister. Yeah. And we can see how bad that sin is, how it started with just a look. And that look, he didn't because he wouldn't just turn away from it. Right. You know, he continued to look, it turned into thoughts and it turned into a horrible action. And this action had multiple consequences down through the line. And one of those, we're gonna talk about, we're gonna refer back to this story as we kind of go into different things, but Abnon had a brother named Absalom and Absalom was actually Tamar's full brother. And when he found out about this, of course, he was furious, yeah. furious. He told he told David, he told King David what happened. David kind of turned the other cheek. He didn't really do anything. And so the story would go on that Absalom ends up killing Amnon, yeah. having him killed. So, you know, be sure your sins will find you out. Well, and we think that that is such an extreme story, but goodness, if you listen to um, true crime podcasts at all, you know that things like that happen in life today, but it all begins with a look. That's right. And I can't help but think, you know, when the Satan came to Eve in the garden and started talking to Mm -hmm. her, just started talking to her, hey, look at this fruit. What if she would have just said, Satan, no, no, no. no. we're not supposed to touch that. God's already told us that and walked away. Right. Right. So it's easier than you think to fall into a trap. You must not let your eyes keep looking to where it starts affecting your heart and ultimately your mind. In all the verses, when God talks about, you know, the heart, he's talking about the mind. It starts in your mind. The sin begins with just a thought. And, you know, we know one of the Ten Commandments is thou shalt not covet. Covet means desiring something that is not yours. And oftentimes we kind of think this as being jealous of our neighbor's car. Oh man, I wish I had that car. Or man, I wish I had the things that they had. Or I wish I had that house. Or I wish I had a pool. We kind of think about those things. But even in the verses, it's anything that you obsess over. And it could be a person of the opposite sex. We have to be really careful when it comes to our thoughts and what we allow to enter our minds. Abnon's sin started when he began coveting Tamar. We will always have temptations. That's just our human nature, but it's what we do with that temptation that will determine if we sin. If he had thoughts of, oh, wow, my 
she's gorgeous. She's beautiful. Yeah. But if he just decided at that moment in time, this is wrong. Yeah. I'm going to shut down this thought. You know, this none of this would have happened. But we we continue to look. We continue right. to, to, you know, further embed it in our minds. And we have to remember sin is a choice. And when we're tempted, we have to learn to walk away or change our focus immediately before it goes beyond just a temptation. Mark 7, 21 through 23 tells us about the deceit of the heart. You know, we talk about follow your heart, mm-hmm. but the heart can be very deceitful. Right. It tells us that for from within, out of the heart of men proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within and defile the man. So be careful following your heart. And remember, we have to sanctify our hearts and die to our fleshly desires daily. Daily, yeah. So you might think, okay, how does this relate to me today? But in the world that we live in right now, with hookup culture and pornography, yes, even among women, it's running rampant. And when we talk about what the Bible says, even among Christian women, we often seem like prudes. But the fact of the matter is that God has called us to holiness because he knows that there are consequences for the choices that we make. I was reminded of a quote from Lisa Turkhurst. It says, a good decision today paves the road toward victory tomorrow. I like that. Yeah. So we want to make sure that in our singleness, that we are making wise choices because it's going to affect our lives in the future, especially when it comes to relationships. So if you've lived a life of sexual immorality, you can turn away from it. You can be forgiven and walk in unity with the Lord. And we've talked about this verse before, but 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's the God that we serve. We don't have to continue walking the same path that we have been choosing. We can confess it and turn away from it and he will forgive us. Now, we've talked a lot to young, single women who have not been married before, but I just want to remind the divorced and the widowed, these verses apply to you as well. Even though you've already been married, you are still called to live holy. And if you have children, you need to be setting the example for your children. Just because you've been married before doesn't give you a free pass to do whatever you want to do. So what if we have a desire to be married, unlike Paul? Okay. I love how Jonathan Pecluda said this in a recent interview. He says, it's okay to desire marriage, but when you become obsessive or angry with God, it can become sin. And Ashley, you've already talked about this some, but we hear so often to follow your heart. But here's what the Bible says about that phrase that we too often live by. In Jeremiah 17, 9, it says that the heart is deceitful above all and desperately wicked. You know, our feelings and attractions have a place, but it needs to honor God. We need to live in obedience to Him, but when we're looking for a spouse, we need to look for someone that compliments us. Um, Date with a ministry partner in mind. 
Uh, you know, love is a feeling, but it is so much more than just a feeling. And I know that a lot of times, especially when we're young, we allow our feelings yes. to um, dictate who we are with, but it's more than a feeling. It's a commitment. And eventually, if you marry that person, it's a covenant. And we're going to talk more about that word covenant when we get into being a wife. 2 Corinthians 6.14 also gives us instruction in regards to who we should marry. But be not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? Marriage is a union before God, and he tells us to not make a covenant with unbelievers. Yeah, and I'll tell you, even now, my daughter is only 13, but when she starts talking about liking a guy, and she's not officially dating or anything like that yet, but the first thing that I ask her is, are they saved? And, you know, she's 13, so most of the time her reply is, well, I don't know, or I think he goes to church. But what I'm trying to do now is to instill in her early that before you enter into a relationship with someone, the first thing you learn about them is where do they stand with the Lord and are they saved? Um, Because Ashley, I'm sure we both can vouch for the fact that marriage is difficult at times and bringing two people together with different personalities, different likes and dislikes, God knew this. He knows this. And so he gives us parameters regarding marriage to help make it easier for us. So don't enter into a marriage covenant with someone who does not value God and faith the same way you do, because it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, that couldn't be more true. And I wish when I was younger and you just get in a relationship with someone when you're younger because they're cute. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, let's just be real. Let's yeah. just be honest. But that's not a good reason to get into right. a relationship with someone because it can turn really bad. And I wish this is something that I had in my mind as as I was going through those times in my life. But we always ask on this show, what is the purpose? So within all these teachings, what is the purpose for today's episode? Well, we are told that we get to make our own choices. We get to live how we want. But the fact is that our decisions and singleness will affect our future relationships. And if we live our lives outside of the boundaries God has designed, we are essentially saying that we know better than God. Listen, God loves you. God designed you. God even designed us with feelings and attractions, but he has also equipped us through his word to live in accordance to his plan. His purpose for our lives and his ways are always better than our own ways. So true. And I think so many times, gosh, we just want to take matters into our own hands, right? But if we want to jump ahead. Yeah. And you know, it's not even talking to the youngers ladies, but the ones who are divorced, the ones who are considering remarrying, this should be even more yeah. in your heads as you're looking for that spouse again. Right. You know, you should make sure that your values and your faith lines up because exactly. that's so important. So what is the challenge for the single ladies listening today that they can take into the next week and just into their lives? Well, let's just take the time to recap what we've learned. Number one, determine in your heart today that you will remain faithful and obedient to the Lord. Number two, keep trusting that God has a purpose and plan for your life. And number three, live holy. If you are a child of God, he has called you to a life of holiness, set apart for his purpose and plan. 
So live that way. Don't cheapen yourself by neglecting to care for the temple of God, which is your body. And finally, if you desire to marry, hang out with people who love God and fear him. Are the places that you're going, that you're hanging out at, looking for single men, are they the places where you're discovering men that actually love the Lord? Are these men honoring God through their behavior and their words? And if not, you need to start spending time somewhere else. Join a singles group at church or seek out a Bible study group. But I'll also add, just because you find a man at church does not mean that he's necessarily the right one for you. You need to cover such a big decision in prayer and do not let your heart guide you. Let God show you the way and he will give you so much more in a spouse than you could ever imagine. His plans are always better than our own. As you are talking there, I couldn't help but think that we have the best example of how to live in singleness through Jesus. Oh, that's true. He lived his whole life in singleness. And we know that Satan tempted him 40 days and 40 nights. And he withheld the temptation. He was about his father's business. And that's what he was focused on. That's where his mind was. And he stayed faithful without sin the whole time. Yeah, he, he was knew on this earth. that he came here to live a perfect, sinless life. Yes. And he stuck to the mission. That's he right. He stuck to what he was supposed to do. And I know that we can't live a sinless life, but we can determine in our minds that we're going to live for him no matter what our relationship status is, whether we are single or married or whatever it may be. We just need to determine and decide that we are going to live for him. And listen, he... Uh, did everything that God commanded him to do. And he he served the Lord and he completed what he came to this earth to do. He had a purpose and a plan. And I think that's one thing that we just need to keep on the forefront of our minds. If we're living every day trying to please the Lord, mm-hmm. we're going to sin. Don't get me wrong, but it's going to be far less yeah. than if we weren't living for Jesus at all. If we right. live, get up every day with a mindset that I'm going to live for Jesus today, it makes it a little bit easier to deny those temptations. It's like we said, we have to die to ourselves daily. Well, daily. And, I, and I remembered us talking about the boundaries that are set forth Uh, in marriage and things like that. But as a single person, you need to go ahead and set boundaries now. Like these are places that I won't go. These are things that I won't do. Like you need to determine that in your mind before you're in a situation that you can't stop it. That's exactly right. Because things can happen once you're in that situation that you can't take back. And so many times we hear that Often we are forced to make the biggest decisions of our life when we are the most naive and and vulnerable and vulnerable and they can affect us the rest of our lives. So we just always need to remember that. I think in closing, as we always do, Tabitha, will you just lead us in a word of prayer? Absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, God, we just want to come to you today. God, we thank you for this time, Lord, and we thank you for all the single ladies that are out there who are right now determining in their hearts and their minds that they are going to live for you no matter what their relationship status is, no matter what they have faced that have led them to this point in their life. God, they are making a decision right now that no matter what comes their way, they are going to pursue holiness. And so I pray for them right now that they would be able to make those tough decisions uh, in, in their lives. Lord, we just love you. We thank you for this time and your word. And we just give you all the honor and praise for all that you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening this week. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Facebook. 
Next week, we'll be diving even deeper into our family series. You don't want to miss any of the episodes. Make sure you have your notifications on so you're notified as soon as a new episode is released. Thank you for your love and support. And always remember, a sincere desire to become purposeful woman of God starts with changing focus from me to thee. God bless from our hearts to yours. See ya. Bye.